0: Something hit me during uh, my talk with Fotis on the last episode of the podcast, um, and it might seem like an obvious uh, revelation. Um, how did I miss it? Or maybe I wasn't missing it, maybe I was avoiding it. Um, and the revelation, I might struggle to put this in a neat, succinct way, but bear with me. The revelation is something like pursuing uh, emotions I'm feeling, questions being raised in my head big and small ideas that are bouncing around through characters that aren't me, through plot lines that don't mimic too clearly my life, but that aren't so far away from the real world that the message or the ideas become lost. I'll try and expand on that a little bit. Um. Well, First, uh, what you didn't hear during my infotis conversation last week was all or most of my kind of needless, sporadic, waffle, responding to photos well thought out kind of deliberate observations. And, um, full disclosure, I I, I listened back to the full recording. And, um, I think this might be a first of the podcast basically ended up editing out large segments whereby my, my own kind of confused thoughts dragged to the conversation. Um, away from what was what was quite a pure exploration of Fottis' novel. Um, but the thoughts that I was having began to take a bit more shape over the, the last few days. Um, essentially, I can be a bit all or nothing in life, kind of polarised approaches to things. I like to pursue, especially creatively. So in terms of writing, that's writing absolutely nothing and kind of hating myself for it. Or forcing myself punishingly sometimes to write 500 words a day and that that just grows and grows and the expectation grows even at the times when writing is difficult either because of capacity or energy or or even inspiration and maybe the idea just just isn't there Uh, that can also be in writing either really closely observed what I would describe as autofiction that that mimics my own life and borrows and steals from the people around me. But, and at least to me, there's a clear jumping off point from the, the autobiographical to the fiction or in contrast, writing something a million metaphorical miles away from my own life, absurdist, bleak, twisted material. And then I guess finally, Writing with absolutely no aim or target or message, just wandering, meandering, stream of consciousness type writing, where I guess where there's no darlings to be killed, um, or pursuing high concept, inflexible, big ideas, where uh, the goalposts are removable, the posts, the field, the lines, everything is removable, everything is fixed, and absolutely none of my darlings are going to be killed. And all of these kind of polarized approaches have, have essentially led me to what I deem to be failure, a failure to finish an idea, a failure to be truly satisfied by what I'm writing. Um, so maybe there is a, a middle ground that I might be better suited to, um, instead of forcing, enforcing 500 words a day, uh, writing what I can manage. Um, and maybe letting an idea sort of lead me. Exploring it. Seeing where it goes. Sometimes meandering. Sometimes targeted. And going back to what I said earlier. And the sort of revelation. Um, which was pursuing the emotions and feeling the questions. Being raised, etc. The big and small ideas. But not through that kind of auto-fiction. But equally not jumping straight to the absurdist. A million miles away from my own life. Um, maybe it can be things that are kind of close enough but not too close um and again like i say it might be an obvious revelation um but it was inspired by what fottis was talking about and i guess in some ways it's what most authors and writers do um but it's an approach i'd failed to see um or avoided um but it's something that i'm i'm thinking about now um so we'll see where it takes me um I'll be sure to kind of keep reminding myself of this when I am punishing myself for not doing 500 words a day, etc. Um, and I'll keep you updated.
1: It is a solo recording today. Um, Josh, Karina, uh, and uh, the rest of our listeners. And I will attempt to discuss uh, Soliloquy. Talking about definitions, um, soliloquy uh, is the speech one gives to themselves, uh, and I seem in the perfect place to do so in this moment. Uh, please don't begrudge me. I, I'm still speaking to you. I'm still going to communicate my thoughts. Uh, but from the term soliloquy, which is to uh, speak alone uh, from solus and loquy, I, I think it's a good opportunity to discuss this Um, uh, literary device uh, on, on how characters may communicate their thoughts. A monologue um, is a more uh, its place is in, the, in plays, in theatres, and you speak to other people. Whereas a soliloquy is when um, a character wants to uh, speak to himself and communicate his inner thoughts. I will use some examples from my own writing Uh, to demonstrate what I think soliloquy is and what soliloquy makes me feel. I've already said 20 times soliloquy and it starts to feel like an odd word. Um, What else is there to say about the definition uh, of of soliloquy? It's about conveying the character's um, innermost thoughts. Uh, And this is according to writingexplained.org. I'm not making these things up. Uh, you can find them on Google. I didn't do any in-depth uh, analysis of soliloquy. It's better to find things that are, you know, it's easily discoverable and um, so we can understand what is communicated about it. Um, most often, you shouldn't be able to understand what a, a, character, a character's thoughts are. Uh, but I guess in novels, we, are, we do have the freedom to do so. We do have the freedom to uh, give access to the reader. To, uh the character's thoughts and, and this is what I tend to do most of the times although and I keep coming back to this feedback which I think um, somehow it has uh, stained my short writing career so far that feedback at the past in the past uh, I received for my play for my for my writing um that I was going a lot into um intellectual asides. So that could be a danger when we attempt to do a soliloquy. I I guess I didn't do it right. I guess it didn't uh, convey the right emotion, the right um, feeling uh, relating to the thoughts. But for me, the intellectual side is that kind of um, approach of using soliloquy to to describe one's thoughts. How much should it be used in writing? That is um, up for discussion. And I think uh, it could be um, you know, part of a future discussion between uh, myself and the guys. Um, but this is the challenge so far. And, and one of my um, most uh, prized assets so far in terms of my writing, I, I think it's the following uh, aspect of what I'm going to ra- I'm going to read out right now. I came here to find a father. What I found was a man in disguise corrupt morals, and a lecture on what it means to be Greek. Here is my two cents. Who am I, if not but a woman who claims to be Greek, but does not know what it means to be Greek? History weighs on me heavily. How this becomes an ode to Greece, I amuse myself. What we become without definition, structure, infrastructure, instruction. Who is the architect of Greece as we've come to know it, I ask? I may as well decide for myself who to be and what if I stray from the herd. Spare me the agony, let me be slaughtered. Who defines Greece's history? We are, we are Greece's history. Who am I, if not but a woman, who is claimed to be a daughter, but does not know what it means to have a father? How can I be a daughter without a father, nor a mother? A father who, when I look at him, If that what means to be Greek, all talk and no walk, then should I aim to be him? I am looking thus, for examples, and my gaze turns to the past, to the distant past. Nothing from the time I have been born there is to be proud of. Why Greece has only images of men? I intend to celebrate my own kind. Women must be inserted and intended. What am I if not a daughter left behind? You can't choose who leads, he said to me, only who to follow. I can't choose my father. I can lead, I can be a better parent than he. No examples need to be followed, but to be avoided. What am I, if not but a youthful continuation of a journey into an unknown with lack of ideals and purpose? What is the end I'm fighting for? What is the problem I'm trying to solve? What is the Greek ideal? Patris, fatherland, everyone speaks of Greece, of greatness, infused with pride, but I do not see the Greeks, the Greeks whose ideals match those of our predecessors. I don't see how I contribute to the evolution of the Greek idea when all I do is look at my phone, eat my burger, go to the beach. What if that is all Greeks are meant to be, a seaside resort for historic battles to be fought, to be won and lost? Chasing the independence we do not know how to use, like a dog running after a car, and not knowing what to do when they catch it? What am I, if not but an orphan of circumstances, beyond my control, a recipient of fate and destiny, chances of happiness, weaved but not heavily immersed into the line of my life? What has life taught me is that happiness is circumstantial at best, elusive at worst. Love is a choice and religion is a scam, a scam I would happily fall for, a scam I know its inner workings and exploitation of the human soul and our uncomfortable relationship with death. One speaks to me about death because if they speak of death, they remember my mother and they all assume I am sad with every mention of her. I am sad to see people not dealing with the obvious. What am I if not the own? perpetrator the sole owner of my demise seeking escalation of hostilities with my father rather than easing of the tension like father like daughter they say that what am i if not steps made out of marble for old white men to step upon and rise to the top rise to the acropolis and what if in the end all i am is a daughter longing to love and be loved by an old white man namely my father Perhaps if I chase him long enough, if I crucify him, I may be able to love him like a god for eternity. Athena struggles with this conflict within herself throughout the book. And this was the only way for me to put it out there in the form of a soliloquy. Thank you.
2: As you might have gathered, due to various issues around scheduling and calendars and other commitments and not being in the same country, um, we have had some difficulties this week getting together to talk, uh, so we decided to record separately. Uh, I'm cheating because I have been able to listen to both Josh and Fotis before recording my piece, whereas they were just um on their own um talking about whatever seemed important to them at the time and it strikes me how interesting it is that there are commonalities in their choices Um, the idea of pursuing an emotion the idea of writing to release some sort of inner turmoil or to follow follow a thought follow a feeling I think they've come at it from different angles but that seems to be the thread to me um, and I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I did. Um, it's it's funny, talking about writing is like accessing the inner workings of the writer's mind. It's, it's understanding what's important to them and what's their take on it and how do they represent perspectives. Um, so I think There's a certain kind of bravery in pursuing a thought in a piece of writing, in allowing the emotion to come through. Because as the writer, you are the creator and you have to create that emotion. You have to experience it yourself to some degree, I think. Um, That's certainly been my own experience. Um, At the moment, I am writing a play um i've nearly finished um i'm in the last third which sounds like i'm not nearly finished but i honestly really am nearly finished i keep telling myself this Uh, i've got about 10 pages to go and i am i'm get. i'm really getting into it now and i've i've i'm now on the second pass through because i couldn't proceed i i found myself stuck and I realised it's because there was too much nagging at me from earlier on in the script. So I've just completed a second pass, second edit, and I realised what I was doing was deepening that emotional connection to my characters. It was not not skipping through a scene. It wasn't rushing over um, a piece of dialogue or an event or a moment in the play, it was actually sitting with it a bit longer and thinking, okay, this is happening. So what would that person say? How would he feel? What would she do in response? And that meant I had to sit with it for longer as well. I had to let myself really imagine the emotions of the scene. and that's been quite challenging at times this is a play about death most of my plays are about death that's just a spoiler um but also it's quite funny i think i mean i'm i'm enjoying it um never tell anyone in the audience by the way that your play is a comedy because no one will laugh that's that's my experience not my own personal experience but i have witnessed it uh anyway i'm i'm digressing Uh, That's a different kind of emotional trauma, but we won't go there today. Uh, So, yeah, um, I had to sit with these emotions. I had to put myself in that place and I had to let myself mull over possibilities. And that's been a really interesting exercise um, to notice, first of all, that I wasn't doing that. And then secondly, to think of ways to release that in the writing that felt natural. Um, I guess I mean I don't know if I've written a soliloquy I wouldn't I wouldn't be so bold Um, but I certainly do have one of my characters um, by herself for a while and she's talking about something that has been hurtful to her and she's trying to make sense of it Uh, so maybe maybe that is it and um, again uh, I'm 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 very quick and very ready to draw on my own life like Josh. Um, uh, It's, it's fantastic source material. I'm not saying I'm living an exciting life or anything like that, but it's, it's mining situations for the emotions and the responses and the what ifs. And um, can a mother-in-law really be that bad? Uh, The answer is yes um and and trying to pull out what's relevant and what works and and give that authenticating detail that's a phrase i learned quite a few years ago i can't even remember the context um i think it was a short story course i did um which was brilliant and that's probably why i've remembered it um but the the authenticating detail is just that little thing that you drop in that lets the reader or the audience know that you know what this really is like. Um, Just trying to put in those tiny bits that will resonate with somebody that will be recognisable to somebody. Um, And that's definitely something that I don't do in a first draft. That's definitely something that comes later. It's almost like I want to get the story down first, get the bones of the story, and then the emotion of it comes second, which is kind of crazy, really, because surely the emotional aspect is the most important part. But maybe it needs something to hang on. I don't know. I don't know how it, how it works technically. But I do know in practice that it does work. Um, and that's an interesting thing that I've I've been noticing about myself um, this week. Um, hopefully, by the next time this podcast goes out, I will be able to say I've completed a draft. What am I saying? That's ridiculous. Of course, I'm not going to say that. But I'll be closer to it than I have. And hopefully, there will be more emotional depth in my story and in my characters and um, i'm quite looking forward to seeing how that's all going to pan out see you next time